Hello and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host here on the show. My name is Colton Geschwaner and I couldn't be more ecstatic that you guys decided to join us here on this episode of the show as we take a little bit of a step into some dark waters with Mr. Jeff Burrows, of course, the drummer of the Tea Party. Of course, before I go ahead and get to Jeff Burroughs, I want to go ahead and thank those of you who have gone ahead and checked out last week's episode, which featured Australian singer-songwriter Kim Churchill. As Kim joined me to discuss his latest EP, I Am, I had a great time talking to Kim about his mindset, his nomadic ways, and of course, based on the feedback I got on the show, a lot of you enjoyed hearing about Kim's experiences as well, and I'm very thankful for those of you who went and gave me some feedback. Of course, if you have yet to hear that episode featuring Kim Churchill, what are you waiting for? It's in the backlog, and as well as 64 other great interviews featuring dedicated, motivated individuals chasing their dreams every single day. And of course, I want to take a quick moment here to shout out I love DTP.com. Of course, that being I L O V E D T P.com. Because besides listening, subscribing, and sharing, that is the best place for you to support the Desert Tiger podcast. Why is that? Because that is where you can go ahead and grab yourself some sick Desert Tiger merch to wear on you wherever you'd go to show off to your friends, your family, and hell, maybe even your enemies, because who is going to stop you while you're chasing your dreams? Absolutely nobody. Alright, Jeff Burroughs has been sailing through dark waters, is a member of the Tea Party for nearly 30 years now, and the wind in the band sails continues to blow strong with the release of their latest single, Black River. Their 2014 album Ocean at the End saw the band return to not only the stage, not only to the studio, but also to the charts in Canada and Australia, where the band's fan base has stayed strong through a 10-year album release break. After finally easing a long-standing tension, the Tea Party decided that their song and crafting methods felt as powerful as ever, and that is something that we are going to discuss here on this episode of the show, and it's also something that you are going to hear as I am going to be playing you one of the tracks off of that 2014 album, Ocean at the End, as well as the brand new single, Black River, which the group is currently touring in support of. Of course, we are going to talk about what happened when the band decided to end their hiatus to finally get back onto the road and what it was like to get back into the studio to record Oceans at the end and exactly what the band's feelings were coming out of that and how it led into this new single, The Black River, and where does the band go from here? Is there a new album on the horizon? Of course, the band is coming up on their 30-year anniversary up here in 2020, and do they have any special plans in place for the future to 
celebrate this landmark as a group. This is something we are also going to talk to with Jeff Burroughs today in this episode of the show. Of course, before we go ahead and talk to Jeff all about the Tea Party, I'm going to need you guys to let go of your fear and to flow with the water a bit. I need you to step in and to let the water carry you far, far, far back home as we step into the Black River. Here with Jeff Burrows, a longtime drummer for the Tea Party, a multi platinum band in Canada and even in Australia. They are currently touring on their new single, The Black River. And I mean, I am an immense fan of this band. I am so excited. How is it going today, Jeff Burrows? Very good, man. We just uh, 
we rolled into Cranbrook, BC yesterday, had a nice little dinner meeting with the boys, and um, now we're quite literally just rolled into the venue, and stuff's starting to get loaded in, and we're on interview duty. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always nice when, you have, when you're at the uh, level where somebody else can take in the heavy boxes, and you can take a little bit of time oh, yeah. to... Yeah, we've we've done our share of uh, heavy lifting in in many years. <laughs> <laughs> For well, about my goodness, thirty years now. Almost, yeah. Almost. Okay, so I want to uh, start with you guys. Ocean at the end was your first album after a quite a decent hiatus, a ten-year album hiatus, actually. So after not writing together for so long, how, what was it like to finally get back into the studio, especially considering that all the members of the band were now living in different areas? Um, musically, it went great. Uh, everyone had a ton of ideas. We kind of wrote it. Um, we wrote parts in Australia, parts in, in our hometown of Windsor. Um, that part was easy enough. Uh, getting everybody in the studio at the same time proved to be a little bit more difficult, especially with the ambition of doing an entire album as opposed to like an EP that we're doing now. But creatively, um, no, it was fluid. It was fun. It was, it was great. We didn't do anything to, you know, seduce radio or anything of that matter. We just went about our business and, you know, wrote as best uh, as we could and what we were feeling at the time and then boom ready to go so when you guys got back together in 2011 to play shows when you did that two, small string of dates did you guys actually like yeah. plan to write music after you came out of that or what was the idea uh, it was a it was a warming up period you know I get to re-know you I mean we've, we've known each other since we were kids so mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't as dramatic or anything as it may sound but you know, you had to feel it out. We had to, you know, see if, if we really wanted to do this and so on. And, um, you know, at the end of a few months, it was, uh, you know, brothers reunited and, and uh, you know, it's a family day celebration, so to speak. So it, it went quite well. And then we were always jamming ideas regardless during those shows, some new ideas. So, you know, it, 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 it proved to be a little bit awkward in the very get-go only because, you know, everyone has their guard up and stuff. But like I said, it, it, it changed quickly and dramatically, and uh, we grew up uh, pretty quick realizing that, you know, we had an opportunity to do it again, and people were still interested in, in listening to our music and going to see shows. And that's a position that you should never take for granted. You know, we're very fortunate, and we appreciate, you know, the attention that we've been uh, given to to uh, be able to perform and to be able to write and be creative from the fans of the band. So, you know, we always, you know, that's that's what we remember more and more now. I guess the older you get, you take nothing for granted. So. Once you actually had released Ocean at the End, because I know a lot of people who were fans of the band back in the 90s and the 2000s, and I mean, this even goes for bands who released album an album three years ago. They can be apprehensive towards new material so the first tour you guys were doing some more of like your classic stuff but once you guys have released new material and you're touring on that how did you find that people were 
uh, reacting? They reacted well. I mean, it's not like we changed overnight and, and started writing material that wasn't, you know, conducive to the Tea Party fans. It was a lot of fun for us to play, but you got to remember not playing together for that long either. We still had plenty of time and opportunity to, you know, your, your whole set is not going to be at a new album. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you know, we mix the old with the new and so on and so forth. And, uh, rocked and we enjoyed it and I think they did too it, you know it, it, I didn't see any people leaving for the merch booth when we started playing a new track so that was good <laughs> okay getting everybody in the studio was a little bit difficult because of living situations was planning yeah. tours uh, difficult as well no because uh, logistics are often are only taken care of by management <clears throat> and our agents so they say how is you know between June 1 and September 1 for your schedules. And Jeff might say, you know, I'm, I'm away on vacation for two weeks in August, but other than that, I'm fine. And, you know, I've got my kid graduating or whatever here, so I want to avoid that. And, and then they just go from there. And then, you know, they, they book the, uh, you know, the rehearsals. And then we're, we're all talking at that time and talking about set lists and so on and so forth. And then we get that honed in on. And, then rehearsals start, and then we do about two days worth of rehearsals uh, with production, and um, you know to get sound and lights and so on, kind of ruled and dialed in, and then off we go. All right, fantastic. So yeah. we'll move into the new single "Black River" now. The song is has a very jammy vibe to it. What was the uh, writing process like for the single? Well, you nailed it. It was a jammy vibe. We're uh, we were writing at Jeff's compound in Australia um, about two, maybe three years ago, and we we were hoping to get four or five songs done, and we ended up with 12 or 13, maybe 14, and that was one of them. And it was nice, because that's sort of how 90% of the songs that are going to be released in the next year and a half came to fruition. It was, you know, we're in Jeff's place, much like Bob Rock's place that we recorded in in Hawaii, drums are in the uh, in the garage, and it's nice because it's not like a garage where cars are parked and lawnmowers are hanging out. It's nice and clean, and it's and it's great, and the amps are in there. So we jam in there, and um, mics would already be set up for drums, and then as soon as we get an idea, then we'd lay the drums down quick and just do a quick little demo session of that throw some bass down some melody vocals and a, and a rhythm guitar and and get a, get an idea as to where it kind of sat how it sat whether we needed a tempo change or adjustment anything like that and then we just go from there and then lyrics of course uh come after the fact and just uh just head so yeah that's it really it's just the old-fashioned way it's kind of like the way we used to do it when we were an indie band and releasing an indie album okay um, with your writing process, do you guys find that you're still as progressive as you were in the day as you were going through your albums, whereas in Edges of Twilight, you started to add more world instrument, transmission, you started to add the electronic side? Do you like? Do you guys find that you're still pushing those realms um, with these new songs? Yeah, in, in some points, yeah. In some points, it can get difficult, only because it's geographically it's, it's not like we live in a band house. Everyone has kids. Everyone lives thousands of miles from each other. And to 
you know, it's not like we're just not holed up in A&M studios in Los Angeles for months <laughs> like mm-hmm. we were able to. So things do change in that sense, but um, no, the progressiveness is still very much there. And you'll hear that with other songs. This was just like a, well, it's kind of like Temptation. It, it was short, sweet, and um, we didn't intend on having any labels partnered with us, but it turned out Warner Brothers really wanted it. So we said, okay, go ahead and and it, and it proved to be a very big success. It's been on the charts top 10 for, I think it's 22 weeks now, maybe 21, 22, 22. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that progressiveness is still there. We still, I mean, anyone who follows our band, I think, kind of like the fact that, you know, we can dial it down, we can bring it up. Uh, we started as a blues rock band, a rock band with blues, you know, hints in it. Um, a la Detroit City kind of thing and you know the ways that this whole thing came about with jamming it kind of stayed there I mean we're not just going to we're not going to throw exotic percussion or stringed instruments on something that doesn't really merit that mm-hmm. kind of vibe you know what I mean we're not going to do it just to do it and say hey well, look we're progressing it's, no we're just going to write mm-hmm. songs and if it requires it fuck right we'll just throw it on there uh, alright so were the rest of the tracks on this upcoming EP also recorded during that session in Australia? Yeah, yes, it was, and um, and some parts in Canada. It's it's kind of a mishmash because we're we're all over the place. <laughs> so uh, the majority, especially the drums, were done there, and rhythm guitar tracks and vocals. But some of Stewart's parts and even some of Jeff's parts are redone in Canada and so on. So. It's a, it's kind of like a, a labor of love, you know. It's there. We had no deadlines to adhere to, which we thought was wonderful. Now we're under the gun just a little bit because we want to get this out, or should I say Warner Brothers in Australia want to get the EP out before we actually tour Australia, and that's mid-June. So I think this is going to happen. Uh, the turnaround is going to happen very quick because the music's done. It's just <clears throat> a few more mixes and uh, some quick mastering and artwork's ready. Everything's good. So, yeah. Well, once you get, when you guys are working on your own schedule, you can release it when benefits yourself. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing. We never really worried about it, and that's not like we're worried. The songs are done. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more on our plate every day. You know listen to this mix, critique this mix, <laughs> how does this mastering sound? It's just more stuff added to the plate while we're already out here, and, and that's cool, because there's nothing wrong with a little bit of a deadline, and, and it's doable, so yeah, it's nice working with uh, a company again, I guess, but you know, I think they're coming to expect us not to really adhere to <laughs> many many guns at our head, but it, it's worth it for us to get this one done, at least for the, the tour, it makes sense, so... Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes when under pressure, is that's how diamonds are created, right? Exactly, man. Exactly. Okay, so how is the Canadian tour treating you guys so far? Unreal. Yeah, the, all the big markets are selling out. Uh, most of the small markets are selling out. Media markets are doing amazing. Like, uh, if it's not our best tour to date, it's second. So, yeah, we're amazed at the power of... Uh, a rock radio single at the moment because what that enables <clears throat> on-air personalities to do without actually going out or promoters actually going out and buying ads is, you know, Black River's coming up in this, their set list and they say coming up at Tea Party and don't forget to check them out at 
such and such a theater in such and such a town and and off we go and that that's that gives credence to the to the sellouts and 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 that just makes it a whole lot easier <laughs> mm-hmm. it makes our management uh chill out too because you know they get pretty crazy if <laughs> well, hopefully it all goes well. I know that I plan on catching yeah, you guys in Kamloops when you guys are coming through. Oh, nice. Okay. Right. Yeah, I also caught you guys when you did the Edges of Twilight 20-year anniversary tour with your 30-year yep. anniversary of the band coming up soon. Do you guys have any special plans set in motion? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be um, there's a 30th anniversary tour they're looking at doing the entire catalog in vinyl. Oh. I don't know. That's what our fall is. Our, our fall is all about logistics. So we're going to be dealing with management, not in a touring sense, but <clears throat> in a sense that we've got to get 2020 organized. So Okay. So there's going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes work going on at the tail yeah. end of this year. Yeah. Yeah, and behind the scenes, and and wrapping up the second EP, which will turn into a album final in 2020 as well. So it's oh, pretty cool. There's a second EP as well. My goodness, so much treasure in the future. <laughs> it's all about futures. Oh my goodness! I mean, when uh, you have a band that is about magic and open mindedness, the future is a wonderful thing, right? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me here today, Jeff. Yeah.
Desert Tiger Podcast. Not gonna lie, I am extremely excited to see what the Tea Party has on tap for their 30-year anniversary coming up here in 2020. Of course, the band is a little bit older than I am, but that doesn't matter. No matter what, I am extremely hyped to see what one of my favorite Canadian bands of all time has coming up here in the future. Alright, I want to thank Jeff Burrows for joining me here on this episode of the DTP to speak all about the band's latest single, The Black River, and of course everything that they have planned in the future, of course that 30 year anniversary, of course their upcoming album, whenever that is going to be released, I am patiently waiting on the details for that. Of course, if you want to go ahead and support Jeff, he actually has a charity 24-hour drumming marathon going on on May 24th and 25th. If you want to find out more about that or how you can donate to the various charities that Jeff is supporting with his 24-hour drum marathon, you can actually head over to Jeff Burrow's Facebook page, pop him a like, find out all the details, and give him some mad support. I also want to go ahead and take a moment to thank Strut Entertainment for helping set this interview up. Working with Strut has been a great pleasure lately, and of course they are going to be helping set up next week's interview as well, as we are going to be speaking with Delhi to Dublin as they are speaking all about their upcoming album, which comes out next Friday. Of course, that album is entitled We Got This. And Sanjay from Delhi to Dublin is going to be joining me to give you guys all the details on their brand new album, We Got This. And of course, the best way to make sure that you don't miss next week's episode is to hit the follow or subscribe button on whatever service you happen to be tuning in on. If you are one of those people who already is a follower or a subscriber of the Desert Tiger podcast, I want to go ahead and thank you so very much for going ahead and doing that. Those of you who share these episodes on your social media, I love you so very much. And of course, if you enjoyed this week's episode enough to maybe share the episode on your social media or to tell a friend about it, I would be ecstatic because you don't know how much that helps this show grow every single week. And of course, if you want to go one step further than that, you can go ahead and check out ilovedtp.com. Of course, that is I-L-O-V-E-D-T-P.com. And why is that the best place to support the show? That is because that is where you are going to find yourself the sickest Desert Tiger merch. Like I said, we are going to be bringing hats to the web store very, very soon that feature that traditional style logo. And of course, to hold you down until then, you can go ahead and grab yourself a traditional logoed t-shirt to help represent the show to show it off everywhere you go to show off your love of the DTP to your friends your family and hell even your enemies because who is going to stop you while you are out there chasing your dreams 
absolutely nobody, so let the haters hate. While we sit here, we win, and we celebrate. Alright, that's all for me this week here on the DTP. Have yourselves a beautiful time, because you are beautiful people. Peace out.